0: The following audio has been brought to you by Word of Grace Community Church. For more information about Word of Grace, visit wogcc.com. Good morning, Word of Grace. We're going to wrap up our series called Confessions of a Pastor this morning. I hope that you have enjoyed this series. With this last one, I wanted to take a little bit different spin than we have over the past four messages, however, because I've been really sharing with you things that perhaps I have struggled with in order to help relate the ability to be able to say, hey, Pastor doesn't just have everything just going perfect in his life and everything's not just going, you know, hunky-dory for him. There's struggles there. There's challenges. And I wanted you to be able to see that. I want to be transparent with our church. And a lot of those things were more on the struggle side and the need-based side of things that I need as a pastor in order to continue to grow and in order to be challenged. But today, I want to take a little bit more positive approach to it. My confession to you today is going to be simple. It's this. I absolutely love serving As your pastor, I love being the pastor of this church. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. There's nothing else I would rather be doing, especially right now, here in this moment, than teaching the Word of God here at Word of Grace. God has brought us a long way, moved all the way from the South to come up here, over 900 miles, and we are very happy and we hope to live out the rest of our days here serving you and just being a part of this wonderful church family and this community, and we absolutely love it. But, you know, in the joy of serving together, we have seen good times. We've seen bad times. We've seen the highs and the lows that, you know, church life can bring. We've seen things that we can celebrate and say those were great victories, and we've seen things that, man, frustrated us or things that were hard to go through just in that short amount of time. But the joy of serving together is really grounded in something. The joy of us serving together as a church family is really grounded in the fact that we have a mutual goal. We have a mutual purpose that binds us together to where we transition out of this consumer mentality of it just being about what I can get and it's all about me. But something that really rallies us together, that brings us together to be able to serve together. And that mutual passion is to reach as many people as we can for the cause of Christ so we can develop authentic, passionate, fully devoted followers of Jesus that are growing in loving God, loving people, and serving the world. And let me tell you, it has been my joy to be able to serve alongside you. And it's an honor to be your pastor. But it's not always easy, but it is an honor. And I look forward to what God has for us. But there is is a joy that's attached to serving together. Why don't we go over to the book of Acts in the second chapter this morning, Acts chapter 2, just to give you a little bit of framework of what's going on in Acts chapter 2. This was during the Feast of Pentecost, and uh, the Holy Spirit had just fallen where the disciples were praying, and they were waiting because Jesus told them to wait on high and I'm going to endue you with power from my Holy Spirit. And so all the disciples were gathered together and they were waiting in an upper room and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell and they spoke in other tongues in different languages. And because of the big feast that was there, there were people from all over the world who spoke all kinds of different languages and people were hearing God being praised in their own native tongue and they were like, do these guys know like multiple languages? Because I'm hearing God being praised. I'm hearing the gospel being shared in my native language. And and, or are they drunk maybe? Is that what's going on? And they're like, no, no, no. Peter stood up. The disciple of Jesus, Peter stood up. He said, no, these men aren't drunk like you think they are. He said, Instead, this is what was promised in the book of Joel. This is what the prophet Joel said, that in the last days the God was going to pour his spirit out on his sons and his daughters. And this is that coming to pass. And so Peter takes from that moment on, and he begins to preach a sermon. He begins to share the message of Jesus. He begins to share the gospel about Jesus. In that moment, with all these people that are listening who are in amazement that they're hearing all of these people speak Their language. And so Peter takes that opportunity to begin to share the gospel. And here's what happens next in Acts chapter 2. Let's pick it up at verse 41. So those who received the word, that means the word that Peter was preaching, those who received the word were baptized. So there was a call to action. They wanted to be baptized. And there were about that day added to them 3,000 souls. You want to talk about a logistical church growth nightmare overnight. We would freak out if another 100 people showed up on a Sunday morning that we weren't expecting. How about 3,000? You were just in the upper room at somebody's house, and then 3,000 more people joined you that day. Think it'd be a little crazy. Verse 42, this is what happened next after that. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so all these people, plus these new three thousand converts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayers. That means that they celebrate communion together. And then awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together they had all things in common. So these people were very unified. They were even selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing them to one another. So as there was a need, someone would say, no big deal, I'll take care of you, we got you. They were, they were taking care of those that were struggling and, and it wasn't about you know, me comparing what I have versus what you have. It was a mutual caring and sharing of their possessions as there was need. Verse 46, and day to day, they were attending the temple together, and they were breaking bread in their homes. They received food with glad and generous hearts. They were spending time together, not only at church, not only when they would go and worship together at the temple, but even in their homes, the Bible said. These people were connecting with one another because they had generous hearts. They were praising God. They had favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So it didn't stop at 3,000. It kept growing day by day. The Lord kept adding Adding more people to their fellowship because of this thing that was happening, this joy of serving together, this community that had now grown and now it was expanding expanding and it was this exciting thing where people were worshiping God together and they were just so excited about the news and the message of the gospel and they wanted to learn more and they wanted to hear more and so they wanted to be with other people who believed like them and people who thought like them so they could be encouraged and so they could help one another to grow and empower one another to begin to serve God in new and fresh and exciting ways this is the church the beginning of what we call modern-day church, the birth of this thing we call the body of Christ, the church. Now, Word of Grace is a church, right? We are a small part of a much larger body because the church, the body of Christ, is all of those who put their faith and hope in Christ alone and who follow Him. That's the church, and we all are a part of that big sea church but also you and I are a part of a local gathering of believers we call Word of Grace. Now I understand you're at church and you go to church but the more important idea that I want you to get today is that church is not somewhere you go, it's who you are. We are the body of Christ. These people got that. They didn't punch in like we punch into work with our time card and then when the day is over they punch out. That's a lot of Christians lives and that's a lot of people's approach towards being a Christian is that they make a mark or they are seen or they wave at God once a week and say you see me I'm a church right that means good things are gonna happen to me this week right and that's how some people approach Christianity and that's the sum total of Christianity in their eyes They think that's all there is to it go to church be a good person Maybe give some money here and there. Maybe give some of my time here and there. Do some good deeds to people. That's Christianity. No, if that's what you think Christianity is, you're missing the mark. Because here in the book of Acts, a different picture is given to us about what the church truly is and what God has created it to be. There's this joy of serving together. There's this joy in connecting with one another, in building deep relationships where if there's a need, we mutually take care of the need. Where if there's uh, something happening, we want to celebrate with one another. We want to be connected to one another. We want to have deep relationships so we can grow together, much like in the book of Acts, where it's actually a part of our lives, not just somewhere we go. We need connection more than ever. And the reason we need connection is because isolation is so dangerous. The enemy wants to isolate you. He wants you to feel like you're all alone and like no one cares. And if he can get you to buy that lie, if he can get you to swallow that pill, then it's going to contaminate your view of the church. It's going to contaminate your view of the body of Christ. It's going to poison your attitude towards serving, and you'll miss out on the joy of serving. You'll miss out on the joy of being connected because you think that things aren't going the way that you want them to go or whatever, but we need the connection because if the enemy can get us isolated Man, it's poison and it's dangerous. People want and long for and look for connection because really at our core we want to know and we want to feel value. It's something we want to know and we want to feel. You can communicate value through telling someone they're valuable. You can say, you're valuable, I love you, I care about you, but then there's another half to that, right? It's not just in the saying. Saying it is important, and we should say it. We should want to communicate verbally to people so that they can know they're valued, but we also want it to go deeper than that. We want them to feel it. And for them to feel it, that takes a different type of commitment, a different type of relationship. And in the church, the joy of serving together is when we begin to build the connections with one another that helps each other to know and feel value. And the best way to do that is by getting connected. I started out the first of this year by giving a vision focus. Those of you who were around then, you would remember that the vision focus from 2017 that we're gonna focus on as a local church is going to be to help people get connected because we recognize how important connection is. Connected to God, connected to one another, connected to life-giving relationships, connected in our own families, connected in our own natural sphere of influence, but also connected here by serving together, by by doing what God has created us to do and called us to do as a local church together, because we need one another. Because let's just be honest, Word of Grace is not the type of church where you're going to know every single person that's here. Could you imagine the church growing under Peter's leadership and everyone knowing everyone, it's logistically impossible because 3,000 people one day, right? At best, we don't know how many people were were exactly there that day, but we know that there were 3,000 extra that got added that day. So everyone's not going to know everyone and we need to understand as we grow and as we reach more people that knowing everyone is not the goal. (laughs) knowing everyone is not the goal it's not even the goal that the pastor knows everyone that's logistically impossible at least not at a deep level i can't know everyone you can't know everyone and that's not the goal is for everyone to know everyone the goal is for everyone to know someone you see, because you have thousands of people here in the book of Acts, and they can't all be connected to each other in a deep, intimate relationship. And this is where church gets sticky. This is where church gets messy, is when people come into a local congregation with the expectation that they want everyone to know them and they want to know everyone. And then when it begins to scale beyond them being able to know everyone, then they begin to feel like, oh, no, This must not be the place for me because they think the goal is for them to know everyone. And people are afraid. Listen, folks, we have an entire world that is lost without Christ. Are you hearing me this morning? We have an entire world that is lost without Christ. And if we think the goal is for us to know everyone in the local church instead of reaching more people and raising up more people that are growing and loving God, loving people, and serving the world, we're making it about us and not about the Great Commission. That doesn't mean that it's not important for you to know someone. That doesn't mean it's not important for you to not be connected and you're not just another number on a roll. You're much more than that. Because you're a part of the body and you need to be connected. But it doesn't mean you have to be connected to every single person at a deep level and know them all intimately. Because you're setting yourself up for frustration at that point. You're setting up your expectations too far beyond reality because the purpose is for us to reach as many people with the gospel as we can. But yet at the same time, still trying to manage and help people to get connected and stay connected to where they can grow in deeper relationship. Trying to do those two things simultaneously. Man, that's a challenge. That's a challenge as a pastor to try to lead a group of people to begin to think that way. Because you either have people thinking at one extreme or the other. Oftentimes you have people either thinking I got to control and know everything and everybody and everybody's business or you have people thinking I don't want to be seen. I just want to slip in and slip out and I hope it gets bigger so nobody will notice me. And you have pastors on both ends of the spectrum. You have pastoral leaders in churches that will say, I want to keep it small to where I can be the hero and I can do everything for everybody and everybody depends on me and creates this unhealthy codependency. Or there's these other pastors that are so extreme, I don't want to be touched, I don't want anyone to know me, I want to just disappear, you know, and don't want to be connected to anyone and I just need more people so I can get a bigger paycheck. And you have pastors on both extremes. You have church leaders on both extremes. And neither is healthy. Are you hearing me this morning? Neither of those views, neither of those leadership styles is healthy in and of themselves because one lacks a vision to grow and one lacks connection to the people that he's called to serve. We need a balance. And that's why I'm teaching this message this morning because I want us to be balanced in our approach so our expectations can be healthy as we grow. Because as we grow, guess what that means? That means our church is going to get bigger but we don't want to lose connection as our church gets bigger too. Amen, somebody? So that means everyone doesn't have to know everyone, and you need to be okay with that, but that everyone knows someone, that there is a healthy connection there in relationship where you can grow because connection helps people know and feel value. We've heard it said that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? We've heard that said, and we know that it's true. They don't care how much you know. You could have the greatest teaching on the planet, but if people don't feel like they're cared for, then it's going to fall on deaf ears. It could be great information. But if that information is not coupled with a sense of belonging and community and care and connection at some level, then your information is just really good information, and you can get good information anywhere. But transformation comes from connection. Connection to God, first and foremost. And then also, God wants us to be connected to one another so we can hold one another accountable, so we can spur one another on to good works. Just like Scripture said, Scripture gives valid reason for us to have a natural connection relationally with one another. And we have to have that in order to grow, but we also need to, first and foremost, be connected to God. But we want to make sure that people know and feel value so it helps to deepen trust in their lives. Because guess what happens? If I trust you, I'm going to open up my chest to you. If I trust you at a deep level, the things that I'm really struggling with, I'm going to share. And then I can really get help with those things. I can really have someone encourage me or know how to pray for me better or how to hold me accountable more or know how to direct the conversations that I have with them in order to help maybe even mentor a disciple or help to sharpen me. And I'll know how to better sharpen another person the more... They're willing to be vulnerable. But you can't be vulnerable with everybody. You can't go every Sunday around to every person at church telling them all your junk. <laughs> but you need to have somebody you can, right? So it's not important that everyone knows what's going on in your life and all the trauma and the drama and all the junk that may be happening. But somebody needs to know because somebody, you need to let them know that so they'll know how to pray for you and help you. If we all just show up every Sunday and we just only reiterate the world we've created on our Facebook pages, and we try to portray ourselves as Pinterest perfect, then nobody's going to get any help, are they? We're just trying to float and manage other people's perception of us. And managing other people's perceptions is exhausting. What I mean by managing other people's perceptions is that I have a way I want you to see me, And I'm going to make sure you continue to see me that way, even though that's not really who I am, even though that's not really what's going on inside of me, but I want you to think that this is me. When we live our lives that way in front of everybody, man, we're pushing people away. And we're trying to build a wall around ourselves because we don't want to open up our chest to anyone, because we don't want that connection, because we may be afraid, or maybe you've been hurt before the last time you opened your heart up to someone and really shared your life with them and got close and did life with them but as I see the church in the book of Acts I see a group of people that genuinely cared for one another they were there for each other and they grew and they kept growing because they cared for each other it didn't say it grew because Peter was an awesome speaker it didn't say it grew because Peter was quite the strategist because I don't know how anyone would handle 3,000 people overnight It wasn't the fact that he was this great strategist or this great planner. Now, you need to have those things. Those things are important. But at the same time, they kept growing. They kept growing. And they kept seeing more people come to Christ, more people be baptized, more souls added to the kingdom of God, more men and women being brought up in discipling relationships, being taught the gospel and sharing the gospel, being taught about who God is And how they can deepen their trust in him because there was something coming next that wasn't talked about necessarily in the second chapter of the book of Acts. There was a lot of persecution coming to the church because it wasn't popular to be a Christian. And God knew these people are going to need each other. These people are going to need that re-strengthening and that re-energizing that only relational connection can give. That that person that was just stripped away from their family only because of what they believed. And may have been tortured or killed or arrested or imprisoned. That was coming, and God knew that. And God says, if this thing is going to work the way that I have planned for it to work, they need to get connected. And so God created this thing called church and helped them to get connected to where they begin to celebrate victories together. And they begin to bear one another's burdens and weep together. Where they begin to go through trials together. And they didn't quit on each other because they were committed to the cause. They were committed to Christ, and they were committed to each other. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture. And guess what? That's the same thing God wants in the church today. The same thing, the same tenacity, the same care, the same value, the same connection. That's what God wants. He wants that here at Word of Grace. He wants us to grow in that. He wants us to deepen that fellowship and that connection to have a healthy church community, we have to value the right connections. I want you to understand this. For us to have a healthy church community, we have to value the right connections. Otherwise, we set ourselves up for unrealistic expectations that can lead to an open door for the enemy to tempt you with offense. And if the enemy can get a church full of offended people then those offended people are going to share their offense. And then that offense is going to drive wedges between people. And then it's going to charge up gossip and grudges and murmuring and complaining. And it's going to hurt the whole body because it's negative. And I've been in dysfunctional churches where I've seen this happen, unfortunately. And if you've been around church life very long, you may have experienced it or seen it too. But this is not God's best, but it's a reality that we have to talk about when these things happen, and it comes from a set of unrealistic expectations to where people miss out on the fact that they are called, that this is where God has them, and God wants us to walk in unity like the church in Acts did. It said they were all in unity together, bearing one another's burdens, walking through those challenges together. And not abandoning one another because they have the connection. And their cause has connected them. And their belief has connected them. And their relationship and care for one another has connected them. And they want to grow together and they want to move forward together. Not only do they want to move forward individually, but they want to move forward collectively. And they want to see more people come to Christ. And that heart was beating in their chest and they were willing to give their lives for it. They were willing to sell their possessions for it. They were willing to give their time for it because they believed in it, and they believed in one another. And they walked through the fires together because Christ had united them, because the cause of Christ was beating in their chest, because the church is bigger than me. It's bigger than our leadership team it all of a sudden became bigger than Peter in one, ser- in one sermon, right? Overnight, the church became bigger than Peter. And so everyone needs connection and community so they can grow together. And your leadership team and your pastor, they're here for you to pray for you when you have a need, to provide godly counsel when you need it. And our church is here to teach the word to you, to provide opportunities for you to get connected in church life to be there for you during the good times and the bad times, to serve alongside you, to help to grow in your walk with God. But understand me clearly, and I want you to hear me as clear as you possibly can. This church is not about Derek Armstrong. You can amen. It's okay. This church is not about Derek Armstrong, and I don't want it to be about me. Just because I'm the pastor of this church doesn't make me more special or more significant than anyone else in this room. We all have a part to play because the Bible said that we are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 says, Now you are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it. You are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it. And it doesn't matter which part of the body you are. I have my role, Okay? My role is to be a pastor, is to be a teacher of the Word of God, to be someone that gives vision and direction. As I spend time with the Lord, and and, and God has given me ideas and, and vision and direction, and He clarifies that for me, we move forward in that direction that we believe is Spirit led. God has given me that responsibility. I have a different responsibility, perhaps, than you have because I'm the lead pastor at this church, but it doesn't mean I'm more special than you. Are you hearing me today? doesn't mean just because I'm teaching that I'm more significant in God's eyes because that's not how God views things. It means that I'll be judged stricter because I'm teaching and because I have a different responsibility, but it doesn't mean I'm more special. I don't see that in Scripture. Matter of fact, tell me which part of your body is more special than the other. Which one? Yeah, I could do without my pinky toe. Really? You ever stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night? You ever stubbed that pinky toe? It looks insignificant, and you're like, why do I even have this? I'm so small. It doesn't even make sense. All the little insignificant things, oh, I don't need, I don't need this finger, that but which 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 one do you not need? You ever played basketball, maybe, and got that finger jammed? All of a sudden that finger became very important, and you didn't realize all the things that finger did. Man, this thing really contributed to my overall health and (laughs) well-being. And you try to ignore it, but something will happen where you need it, but you can't use it because it's jammed. And all of a sudden you realize how important it was. It's not just about the mouth. Yeah, the mouth is important. Yeah, the mouth's a part, but it's not any more important. And, And here I am being the mouth this morning for the church. But it doesn't mean it's more important than the pinky or 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 the little toe, or doesn't mean it's more important than any part. All of us have a role to play in reaching people for the kingdom of God. Amen, somebody? Now you are Christ's body. And individually, individually, you're members of a collective, together as one serving Christ. And that's what we call the church. Because serving together, there's a joy in it, and it creates connection, because serving together creates connection. The closest friends I have in my life, are the ones that I can trace back to the day I met them was often a result, more times than not, of serving together. Serving God together. Serving in a church together. Whatever the case may be. I look back at my friend Sean, who lives in Texas. He was on my youth staff. He's one of the closest friends I've ever had in my life. Even, even to this day, even though we're separated by over 1,000 miles he still comes to visit me and I just went down to visit him a few weeks back. I I love that guy and and I'm for him and he's for me and we know that if there was ever anything that the other could do for one another that we would do it in a heartbeat. I know Sean because we served together in youth ministry. He was on my youth staff and he's become one of my closest friends and allies in life. Not just someone that helped me out with the youth for a little bit. That's how it started. But because we served together there's a connection created And I can share things on a deep level with Sean that I can't share with a lot of people because of the relationship and the trust that we've built over 14 years of knowing each other. I've been in ministry 18 years this year that I've been serving in a full-time ministry capacity. 18 years I've been teaching the Word of God and people have been calling me pastor, whether it was a youth pastor or a senior pastor. And as I look back on all of that tenure and even before, all those connections. My my friend Adrian, that my wife and I actually had a big hand in discipling her in her infancy in Christ and how she's just been there through good times and bad helped us to plant a church. And I think about the connection I have with her. I think about even the connections that I have established here at Word of Grace with some people that God has put in my life that I have a deeper relationship with, that have a deeper connection with me on a personal level the goal is not to be friends with everybody here at church because the pastor can't be everyone's deep close friend and that shouldn't be the expectation because if that's the expectation you're going to get disappointed and your goal is not to be connected to the pastor in the sense of you guys have to be best buds your goal is not to be connected to the church leadership team and be best friends with everyone and if that's your goal then you are setting yourself up for frustration. They will have friends. They will have people they connect with, maybe more so than others based on season of life or just interests or whatever the case may be. The goal is for everyone to be connected to somebody. Are you hearing me this morning? Because what happens when we have mutual connection and we're there for each other, we can grow and it's not contingent upon how big our staff is at our church. I went to a mega church one time and the church's strategy was pretty obvious. The church was about 5,000 people or so. And they have a big wall on the foyer. And on this wall was 50 framed photos. They had 50 pastors in their church. 50, all right? 50 pastors in their church. So their strategy was, we're going to find more pastors in the church in order to be able to care for everyone. And that's their strategy. And I look at that and I go, wow, what A crazy thing to keep up with. I I wonder if the senior pastor even knows all the other pastors. (laughs) And I look at that strategy, and, and, and that's one approach to it, but I believe that for us, as I look at the model of the book of Acts, you can't hire your way out of growth as much as the church needs to be connected at a deeper level. Because as you connect to one another, it doesn't become about how many pastors you have. Instead, it becomes about how the church cares for one another. And I see that in the scripture to where we move out of being a consumer where someone is doing something for me. And I'm here for you to do for me. And instead it's us showing up because we care about one another and we do together. That's a completely different mindset. That moves us and transitions us from going to church, punching our time card, and being the church from it becoming somewhere I go to who I am, where every day my life is integrated with other believers who I'm doing life together with, worshiping with, growing in the word together with, and helping sharpen one another. That's a completely different approach. I'll never forget this happening in our church, and this is when I really started experiencing the revelation of the way that I believe that we see church in Scripture. And I'll be honest with you, it bothered me a little bit. When I first experienced it, there was a community group in our church. That in the community group, one of the ladies in the group was expecting their first child, and I didn't know how far along the lady was, um, but I knew that she was getting close to having the baby. It's not like I have a calendar in my you know office when everyone's due date is. That may be a little creepy, but I can't because there I can't keep up with all of that. That's an unrealistic expectation. But, but this gal was expecting, I knew she was expecting, and I didn't know her real, real well, but I knew she was expecting her first child. And next thing I know, a month, month and a half goes by, and I see them at church, and she's bringing in this carrier with their baby. And I'm like, what happened? When, when did you have this baby? She said, oh, about a month ago. What? And I began to feel like I had failed as a pastor. I began to feel like, oh, no, I dropped the ball. I, I wasn't there for this individual. And I began to feel guilty, and, and I was a little upset that I didn't know about it. And I was like, oh, no, I, and I began to kind of scramble. Oh, oh really? You, you had the, the, the baby? Oh, sorry, I didn't know anything about it. I began to make excuses. I, did, I, I didn't know. I felt like I had failed this person, and it bothered me. And this person looked at me and said, no, no, it's no big deal. Our community group took care of it. What do you mean? She said, well, our community group took care of meals for us and arranged it all. And community group actually came over and helped us with some things we needed help with. And I was like, oh, really? And it blew my mind because here I'm going, wait a minute, Derek, it's not all about you. Huh? Really? So I, I could take off my superhero cape. To have to be there for everybody's everything, to where I didn't, she didn't necessarily need me in that instance. And I was going, wow. She depended on people that she had natural connection with that actually knew her a lot better than I did. That actually were there for her. And she wasn't offended over the deal. She was like, no, they took care of this and they took care of that. And and she went on the and, and I'm sitting here just going, man. At first, I was feeling guilty, and then I began to feel proud of the community group. I began to feel proud of our church. Because of relational connection, the needs were met. Just like in the book of Acts, where they inconvenienced themselves to go help this couple. They inconvenienced themselves to help them through this time. I didn't know anything about it until after it had already happened. Wow, who would have thought the church could care for themselves in such a beautiful way? that wasn't contingent upon the staff. Now, now that doesn't mean that the staff doesn't need to be there and help, you know, when they can. It just means we're not depending on them. We're depending on one another in a greater way as Christians, not a congregation versus staff thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's Christians depending on Christians instead. It's Christians developing a relationship to where they're there for one another, where expectations can properly be set so the church can grow and flourish and thrive. Instead of it having to be something where every time that something happens, perhaps there's opportunity for offense. But instead, this group just took care of it. And I began to think how beautiful that was and how biblical that was. I didn't grow up in a church like that. But I know that as I look at Scripture, I see how God wants us to care for one another in such a real way because serving together creates connection. I want to do life together, listen to me, in a Christian community where people are there for me during the highs and the lows of life, where we have strong connections with people like that, where the church moves past this idea of everything has to be about the pastor or how close I am to certain leaders, and instead it becomes about connecting to God and connecting to one another, and we move from that way of looking at church into actually being a biblical body of Christ living breathing functioning every day not just on Sunday because church is not somewhere we go it's who we are are you hearing me this morning this is a completely different idea than perhaps what American culture would tell us or maybe even what you've experienced but I'm deeply convicted and convinced that in order for us to reach more people and to reach the potential that God has for us it's not about give more money so we can expand the staff there may be more staff expansion on the horizon but it doesn't mean we're gonna try to staff our way as we grow it means we're gonna start caring for one another so we can reach more people and disciple more people because there's an entire world that's lost and that doesn't know Christ and I think if every church were packed on Sunday that there still wouldn't be room enough for all the people that don't know Jesus so we've got some work to do amen So the church is not this thing about, oh, I'm comfortable and I know all these people because it's not about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about reaching people with the message of the gospel. It's about leading people to reconciliation with God through a life-giving relationship where they can be connected because of Jesus. And they understand it's not about their religious duties, but instead they have their eyes open to see it's about a real life-giving relationship and that that's modeled in church community and that we're encouraged in church community, and that we're prayed for in church community, and that we do this thing together instead of us just being a bystander watching it happen. We become a participant, someone who's connected to other people, fellowshipping with other people, caring for other people, moving out of this consumer chair and more into the community chair, where we begin to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus be on a Sunday morning church service where we begin to have those individual connections where we're giving love and letting people know and feel value man because we make a bigger impact on eternity together we make a bigger impact in eternity together I want to be focused with my life and my energy and whatever time God has given me left on this earth to make an impact on eternity. I don't want to make this thing about me. I have my responsibilities. I have my role to play in this, but so do you. Because we're a church family. We're a church body. We're a group of believers assembled together uniting under a common banner and a common purpose. And it's bigger than any individual. So we can't make it all about one individual, whether that's you or whether that's me. Amen, somebody? I don't want you to just say amen because I said amen, somebody, and you feel obligated. (laughs) I want you to say amen because you actually agree and you actually are believing the same thing. Because we do make a bigger impact together. Nobody gets nervous about seeing one ant in their house. Maybe you see two or three. Oh, no big deal. I'll squish them with my thumb. But you never take that same thumb to an ant hill and go, I'll see how many I can squash," Because you know you disturb that ant hill. Them jokers going to get all over you. Especially in the south with fire ants. You don't mess with them things. Things are dangerous. You see one or two, you go, ah, there's an ant. Ah, no big deal. The enemy doesn't get nervous when he sees one or two of us wake up to this thing. But when he sees a whole group wake up to this thing and get it and they stop being divisive and they stop gossiping and they stop backbiting and they stop being something that's unattractive to lost people but instead they begin to love each other, bear one another's burdens, live in community and connect with each other and serve a greater purpose than any individual, all of a sudden the enemy goes, whoa, 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 what's going on there? And he knows if he sticks his thumb in that that something's about to happen, right? Right. Because we're together in this thing because we're bearing one another burdens we're spurring one another on to good works we're, we're being gracious and full of love towards one another you know here at church the easiest ways for you to get connected if you're not connected is through our community groups and through team walk but i'm not saying those are the only ways you can get connected but those are natural avenues that we've created here at church to get people connected Because serving together makes an impact. Uh, Those of you who went to Haiti last year and those of you who are going this year, when you sweat alongside someone else and you work alongside them and you go through some tough stuff with other people, you're going to come out on the other end knowing each other pretty well. Those of you who have been on those trips or been in those environments, you know what I'm talking about. You go, yep, this person saw me when I was like, my fuse was like this long because I was sleep deprived. I was in 150 degree heat. You know, and I was not the nicest person, you're like, "Yeah, we still love you anyways, and we're still there for you because we 're gracious because we 're community, we 're family, we love you man that's, that's different when you when you sweat alongside we work alongside someone when you serve together, some of those deepest connections come from serving together. Deepest connections come through being involved in community together, so whether it 's community groups or, or being a part of team Walk, or whether it 's just you connecting to someone that you, maybe you see them sitting by themselves and you just go up and introduce yourself and you're just being a friendly person man you do that and you begin to make connections get involved deeper in one another's lives and begin to be the church it changes things we want to try to create flows and we want to try to create opportunities here at church for people to serve together and get to know each other and we can do the best job we we can try to do to organize those things and create those opportunities that's not saying that's the only way you can get connected, but you have to take advantage of those things. So I want us to not just play games and come to church and punch in and punch out. I don't want us to just show up and float the perception that we want everyone to see. I want to pastor a church and lead a church and be the kind of church that we care about one another at a deep level, that we help each other to know and feel value. That's the kind of church that's going to make an eternal impact. It's going to reach more people for the kingdom of God. The type of church that's going to move from going to church from being the church and to being the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Word of Grace. For more sermons or any other information, visit WOGCC.com.